this is ladies' night, and the feeling's right. Oh, this is ladies' night. Oh, what a, oh, what, wait, what am I doing here? Join our adventure party as we delve into the social and cultural aspects of our favorite game, all while enlightening our taste buds with a random craft beer. So crack open your favorite Bardic Inspiration and Roll Initiative with us of Dice and Brews. The other other chicken is that's that arizona. beef then that's arizona <laughs> the other other chicken is arizona yes well it'd be nevada then the other chicken just the other chicken <laughs> greetings fellow him. adventurers we are back with another session of of dice and brews and tonight's a very special session because we just kicked all the men out of the building except you well i i have to run the soundboard so, <laughs> and ask the questions but we have the Honorary ladies yeah, I'm on, I have inverted nipples. It's crazy. No, no. <laughs> but we have the ladies of our uh, D&D table hijacking the podcast, woo, woo. making it their own, giving us a little bit of uh, spice Ooh. and pizzazz. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sugar, spice, and everything nice. Two of these ladies that have already been on the podcast, we're excited to hopefully have Dina for a full episode. That would be lovely. Yes. <laughs> but Kate, we'll start with you. Welcome back to Of Dice and Brews. How you been? Hello, hello. Busy, busy, busy with work. And then now we're going to be moving into our apartment in less than a week now. So, I mean, ugh, there's so many things that are going on right now. So thankfully, you know, have D&D in the group to kind of like chill out for however many hours we have. You know, the funny thing about our group is lately it seems like everybody wants to socialize instead of play D&D, with yes, D&D exactly. which is totally acceptable because well we'll cover that in a different episode <laughs> but welcome back to the podcast glad you're here tonight thank you uh next diana how have you been i've been good i've been great just uh moved into my new place recently and i'm getting married in 30 days whoop, whoop. We're all excited for that celebration. I can't wait to bring my D20. Yes. Please do, everybody. No, we will all bring our D20s and we'll do that one like photo shoot where we're all like. The one where James looks like Matthew Mercer. Did you guys see that picture? No. He posted it in in our messenger chat and he looks like Matthew Mercer. I shit you not. It's like all. They did that at a friend of his wedding, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Going back to a different podcast episode that we had, speaking, you guys are both have moved or mm-hmm. are moving. Mm-hmm. This is why you have nerd friends, right? Because they're all like <laughs> anxious to help people move. Yeah, the only problem is we're moving on a Friday and, you know, everyone's at work. So, I mean, but, you know, if you guys are, honestly, I, I'm off on Friday. So, I feel like I'm going to have the whole apartment all moved around by the time Saturday comes. Because, I mean, I'll have work and then he's available first thing in the like in the morning. So he would be, he's going to move around all of his stuff too. So I mean, he being our resident metalhead, Justin, yes, who also plays in this group. You guys have met Justin, yes, (laughs) a time or two, Hawaiian freak, (laughs) a couple times. But first appearance on the podcast is the last female member of this group, Kennedy. Welcome to Of Dice and Brews. Hello, hello. 
yeah, no, um, I've just been doing pretty good, and it was pretty cool. Thank you for welcoming me to the podcast and everything. It's been it's really been fun to do your campaign and all of that. Wish I could do do more with y'all. Just work is gruesome, not gruesome, <laughs> just really busy. They literally take all of your time away. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck work. <laughs> literally, like, amen. <laughs> As kind of ritualistic D and D aspect of bringing a new person on the podcast, the Forever DM has a list for you of questions. <laughs> Are you ready to expose bestow, yourself? Bestow upon me your questions, oh good lord. Oh dear god. <laughs> we have voices. She gets into character, always. I just had inverted nipples, not knowing it. <laughs> oh man. So Kennedy, uh, tell us, like, how long have you been playing D&D for? Oh, not long. Maybe not even a year. I've been doing that much. Ooh, you're just as fresh as Kate is, and well, maybe not as for, as green, but oh, still yeah. green. Yeah, no, no, it's kind of tech my f- first official campaign. So, so fifth edition is the only set of rules that you've played with, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. That's way cool. This Go is ahead. your first session, uh, like proper session. Like I had like small one, like small things here and there, but nothing serious. I never All would have guessed that. <laughs> never. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty pro already. Huh? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm, you're also one of the original founding members of this group that was part of the the Fab Four. I'm calling you guys just because <laughs> uh, you guys posted you're looking for a DM, and I answered the question or the the response for it. Mm-hmm. And um, he answered the call. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the message. It was on the um, what is it? The quest board, and I pulled the quest card. <laughs> When do I get my fucking experience? <laughs> Did I level up yet? God damn it. So anyway, uh, you're part of the original four members that were looking for a DM with uh, Brandon and James. And then there was another guy that dropped out. Uh, did you guys ever meet in person at all? No, uh, no, I only knew James in person out of the entire group. Like I didn't meet y'all until we met at that one place or whatever. That one place in the dark alley. <laughs> yes. It was you awfully dark. candy for you, little girl. So, Kennedy, go ahead and tell the people who you play in our campaign and, and a little bit about your character's background. Can do, can do. So, in the campaign, I am uh, a Kenku by the name of the sound of wings flapping or wings flapping, I guess. Or and, bird. Or, yeah, bird, yes. Yeah, the more common the name, but eh, I'm not complaining. And uh, my character is a cleric for the uh, a seraph in this world, and is currently just kind of following after her demands, if you will. <laughs> so we, me and you came up with this thing for your character called the curators, is what you called them. And basically your seraph sends uh, her tribe of Kenku out to pretty much absorb culture and, and rituals and, and spells and, and people that she comes in contact with and bring it back to the seraph so she can record or document those cultural or social interactions how did that come about was that something that you had when 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 i brought up the campaign was that something that you had planned originally for a backstory or did it just come about by what but what was the events that were occurring in the campaign so yeah coming into the campaign i didn't have a lot about wings when i first started mostly it was just that like james and uh her like her and James' character knew each other previously and did stupid shit together. <laughs> like robbing nursing homes? Basically, yes. <laughs> just conning around and whatever was left. And so, yeah, no, I didn't have much other than, like, just had a flock about it. So, and then you're you're a, a cleric, Kanku cleric of the grave domain? Yes. I, I get death and, and grave mixed up sometimes, so I can't really. It's, well, it's kind of uh, in, intricacies or or 
preferences at that point really right yeah from what i've seen there's no real difference at least just for the cleric it's just yeah grave death it relates to the same thing in D D, in your experience um what there's three pillars really there's exploration combat and then the role play aspect of it what is your favorite pillar of D D so far in your, in your experience Personally, I probably have to say role play, mostly because even outside of D&D, I role play with a lot of friends that I have online and that sort of stuff. So I'm really familiar with that sort of aspect. So that's probably the thing I enjoy most. Yeah, it definitely comes out in your character. Wings is like by far like your input on the campaign is minimal. But when you do input, it's like everybody shut up and listen because Wings yeah. just says something. <laughs> and it's usually like pure gold. So hats off to you for that aspect of it. In your D&D experience, do you have a favorite D&D memory or session or something like that that popped up or situation that you're a part of that it was like, man, so far that's my favorite thing that's ever happened in my whole my whole D&D experience so far? I don't know really because like it all kind of honestly, I love all of it and I enjoy like it's just but it kind of muddles together if you will. Nothing's really stuck with me. I just kind of enjoy the general gist of everything and then like interacting together and doing stupid things and then it's somehow working out apparently. <laughs> The roll of the dice, right, ladies? Yes. Piggybacking on that question, is there one character at our table besides your own? Because you can't be that that conceited with it. <laughs> of if you, course. You're one of the best ones at our table. <laughs> Who is your favorite character so far in, in their character development that you've witnessed? I think it would definitely have to be Tarek, mostly just because of all the weird shit that's been going on. You know you just gave that dude a big fucking head, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. as, as if... Lucas didn't have a big fucking head already, right? Yeah, no, he does. It's, it is what it is. But honestly, it's just very interesting is like how drastic of an effect to like the whole memory losing thing affected his character. Like, I think it affected his character the most out of everyone so far. I did appreciate mm-hmm. how he made such a change for that, even though we all like complain about it and stuff <laughs> like that. It's pretty great that he made such a huge thing happen. With the loss of that memory. He's pretty phenomenal. I mean, you guys are all really phenomenal at roleplay, oh, well, but he's you. pretty <laughs> he's pretty good at his roleplay, too. He, he has a good uh, grasp on his character and what they're going through emotionally at, this, at the time that things are happening. He could write a book about each of his characters. He literally does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Emo Tarek. I think he's so funny. You're the he only is, one. He, okay, he is funny, but... Just, like, he's Tobey Maguire's Every Spider-Man time he says, 3. I don't care, you break out I laughing. <laughs> well, especially when he does, like, you know, the, the hair. hair. The but, oh, my God, the <laughs> no, it's funny because... No, it's funny when I'm, like, looking at it as Lucas, but when I'm looking at it as Tarek, I get so upset because I miss how Tarek used to be where he was just, you know, super curious and happy and, you know, just... I miss joy that. And, exactly. And intrigue and I miss excited that. to I miss see that. And, and also because he's like kind of dabbling in almost like dar- like the dark forces of our world. I'm concerned yeah. for him. So it's it's all of these things. <laughs> yeah. But when it's Lucas, I, yes, I am. Di- I die too. <laughs> so we we've talked about the dream sequences that you three ladies who were absent at that one. Uh, session where we had the sausage fest oh gosh we've gone through ren kate's ren's uh dream sequence we've gone through diana's lamora's dream sequence and we're starting trying to start (laughs) a couple different times with kennedy's wings dream sequence is there anything that's happened so far in your dream sequence that has like really resonated with you about about your background or or changed your character's outlook on on her story so far uh significantly (laughs) Mostly because of the murder that occurred 
from the all mother to the all mother i guess and because most of like us just really does shift wings paradigm because like right now wings is kind of going through the motions if you will kind of a little lost but since this is technically going to be their last mission that they were told yeah that that part was it was kind of striking to write that a little bit because i didn't really me and you have kind of been almost at a creative like still like with with where your seraph is or where wings came from or or whatnot and we haven't really like had to tackle that yet we haven't had to like be like okay now it's coming up we need to we need to find something that that we can agree on or we can collaborate on and then when you sent me that paragraph that you sent me i was like okay now i'm gonna do this and then uh, and then it goes down this little like twister of how do i get there's eight there's seven of you guys at the table how do i get them all to interact together so they can feel like there's some kind of camaraderie or a main purpose together but also maybe there's some questions on both ends I, I know you're trying to do this with me and I know we have the same goal, but at the same time, like I don't necessarily completely hundred percent trust you. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I kept leaning over to the table, looking at Kennedy and I'm all like, what's this? What's going on? <laughs> Kennedy, uh, just going back to wings or yourself personally in, in your future endeavors. I know you talked to me about joining another campaign. Have you guys started that campaign yet? Uh, no, currently the DM is still building his world and uh, I'm doing a character with another person. We're doing twins, so we're working on building those characters too. Wonder Twins Power activate! <laughs> no, that's pretty awesome actually. I never really thought about that. You know, sometimes it works out really well if you have that camaraderie already with another person, but sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of feel like, what are we doing here? And somebody has to be the alpha. So hopefully you guys can work that that camaraderie out and be twins and and have those experiences. That's pretty cool, though. If there is one thing or one monster or one situation that you really wanted to have a D&D experience of, what would that be? I really couldn't say because honestly, like I said, I'm not super familiar with all D&D. I know just bare bones really of most stuff. So there's nothing I'm specifically looking for. I'm just taking everything as it goes and enjoying it. Have you ever fought a dragon? (laughs) Yes, that one time we all died. Oh yeah. yeah. In, in, in my dream I sequence. Think I'm the last one at our table that's never fucking fought a dragon. I just ruined this whole thing for myself. <laughs> so here's another question. The D D movie is coming out, right? And me being a dwarven fan, how do you guys feel about women women dwarves? Do you guys prefer them beards or no beards? <laughs> I honestly okay, so I honestly think that the reality would be they would probably have a little bit of a little bit of fuzz, but I wouldn't say they'd have a full beard. Just well, trying just to be realistic it, about it. Well, I mean, women get facial hair too, but it just doesn't grow as prominent or as fast as men. Exactly. So, so I feel like they that would, would have be five kind o'clock of, shadow, but not. Yeah, I feel like it'd be beard. the same kind of concept with dwarven women. Yeah, but those armpits would be out of control, right? <laughs> I mean, probably. Because, well, I mean, if girls get armpit hair if they don't shave it. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I I've think, seen those TikTok videos. <laughs> what I think it is, though, is also, like, in general, from what I understand, is a lot in dwarvish culture that the hair, like, is a very important thing, to at least males. So, I couldn't see why it wouldn't be to females as well. So, I could see them also grow, like, if they had the capability to grow beards, they would, and probably take very good care of them as a symbol of certain things. That's That's exactly kind of how I always saw female dwarves was I, I actually loved the idea that they all had, I always imagined them having these full beards, but in a very feminine way because they're not humans. They're not 
like they just have like humans. flowers and bows yes. in there. I could see that. Yes. I could see that. Would it be flowers and bows, or would it be like golden like signets or yeah? Silver well, either way, yeah. either way, something like, pretty like ad- me- adorning. It. Yeah, adorn yeah. adornments of like metal and iron. Exactly. Like but just they're really nicely pretty. Carved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you you know you see the face, the beard, and then boobs. <laughs> If the beard was long enough, would you even see the boobs? I mean, this would the shape cut, would be there. Would they cut the this part out of their beard to show cleavage? <gasps> yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like see? that would be a thing. Yeah. There has to be some kind of beard specialist, some kind of female dwarf who specializes in female beards. Well, that and I'm sure that they would have like little braids and things like that. Like the it it, it would be a full on thing. So While instead of being a, badass, you know, because they're still gonna go and beat ass and fight and wield that two handed axe. And probably actually, I mean, even still, even wear makeup if that is a thing. It would be coal. Well, They'd yeah, just, like fucking coal. <laughs> there eyeshadow. we go. Yes. Ooh, or they could Ooh. grind like a uh, um, copper ore or whatever into dust, and they'd have pigment powder. Like, all <laughs> yes, over. exactly. Yes. Like I could. Damn, we're just fleshing out this dwarven race. <laughs> Seriously, Brandon. Brandon, your next f- dwarven character is female. Just like. Seriously, I that I actually might make that a character. I was right about to say I would love to be a female dwarf. Just, but I would be gnarly. Could you imagine right? the size of those thighs, though? <laughs> That's like no, it would be source. like your orc that you built with that thick <laughs> ass and those thighs. Yeah. <laughs> Drink I'm the here juice. For it. <laughs> Drink the juice, Shelby. <laughs> You have to tell your wife. To yeah, shout to out to your future wife. <laughs> Is there anything? That any of you have like questions about D and D or something you want to bring up about D and D in this little pre-funk talk or just something well, that you noticed about D and D recently? No, I did have a question though. So I'm all about questions. <laughs> when we're doing Wings's dream, you mentioned it being after the battle when the dream was way back. Like you didn't do her dream sequence the so, same time as ours. It was weird. Right? No. If you guys were paying attention. If you were paying we attention, were not. yeah, which we were not. Um, I did two separate scenes at her homeland, and one of them was the dream, and one of them was not the dream. I'm not going to divulge which one was the dream and which one was not the dream. All I will say is that she knows of one. She knows that both of them are her home, but she only knows her home as one condition. Okay, so wait, which one was? So yeah, which one was the dream when we were all captured? I can't tell you that. No, no, no. I was just no. I was just saying that because of the way that we did her dream sequence, and you said that it was after the battle. I was confused. Right. Okay. So yeah, I did combine the two, but I did it on purpose because I feel like we haven't dove into Wings' backstory at all. No. Yeah. No. I agree with that. And there hasn't been really any even mention of her homeland. And then because you lost where your memory was, you lost the the location knowledge of the location of where your homeland was. So I did her homeland as she knew it mm-hmm. and in, in the condition that it was known and her supporting character of the librarian in that, in that rendition of it, of how mm-hmm. she knew him. And then I did another one, which was her homeland, but it was in a different condition. And that's where the murder scene took place. So there was a dream sequence. And then there was when, in our battle, because uh, Kennedy wasn't, wasn't allowed to join us or, or something prohibited her from joining us, she wasn't there. I had an elf pop up behind her and, and, and take her with him. Oh, okay. With her. And okay. she disappeared from the fight. Okay. 
So I kind of wrote in this whole little side quest for her. So one of these things was a dream. Mm-hmm. And one of these these things is where she's at right now. Mm-hmm. For you, for you guys, you guys might figure that out later, or she might have a rec- like she might know where it is, but I'm not going to tell you guys because that's part of the fun of telling a story. Oh well, yeah, no, of course. I was just like, wait a minute. So the, the dream <laughs> sequence was in there, but one of oh, them is okay. where she's at right now, and one of them is a dream sequence. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> and I dropped hints, and you weren't paying attention. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Any more questions, Kate? Nothing at all. No, I mean, I just like part of me wants to ask all these questions, but then part of me is like, you know what? No, I, I I'm excited for us to find out through what, our. What did you guys think of the all mother being murdered by her ki- her children? Traumatizing. <gasps> <laughs> I loved it. And then, okay, like, find out, and then finding out like the beast is like her son. I got freaked out because of the fact that it's like Tarek is like meddling with that. So it was one of those like aha moments. I mean, seriously, when you when like you were telling the dream tickets, I looked straight at Lucas and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like given the evil eye because I'm like, how dare you mess with that stuff? You did you have any? You had no idea that was coming. Uh, no, not really. What was your thought when that happened? Well, I I mean, I'm like I'm a little surprised, but also I'm like I'm not surprised because it kind of makes sense that they're her children, considering that she's the all mother. So true. Yeah, I, <laughs> I you know. Being being a part of four total children in my family, that sibling rivalry was always a thing. You know, like even being second from the oldest, hand-me-downs were a thing, sibling rivalries were a thing. And I was always known as like the golden child. Like, oh, you always get up without them waking you up. Oh, you always do your homework. Oh, you always have good grades. I'm like, motherfuckers, wake up. They let you do anything as long as you get your shit done. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah, no. See, like, me and my sister, it was... We didn't have the traditional sibling sibling rivalry because she kind of created her own rivalry with me. And it wasn't exactly the sibling kind. It was she was jealous of everything to do with me. That sounds like a D&D backstory. I know a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, so any so it especially, of course, got worse as I got older. So, you know, are you guys it, better now. Yeah, we're we're better now, but. You know, it t- it was a very long time for us to get better. So it was it wasn't quite the same sibling rivalry, and it definitely isn't the same kind of sibling rivalry as in the our current situation right now. Because <laughs> I feel like our siblings, your your patron and the beast, are like would totally kill each other. It's <laughs> a cutthroat family. Mm. Well, then we went to the mountain, and the beast is echoing through the canyon, and so he's obviously searching for the same thing that you guys are sent on a mission to find as well. Kennedy, do you have any siblings? Nope. An only wing. (laughs) No, really. (laughs) Diana, how about you? Do you have any siblings? I do. Yeah, I have a half brother and then I have a brother and sister and there's no sibling rivalry. (laughs) None at all? Just because it didn't have a chance or just because there wasn't? No, I mean, I didn't live with any of them, so... Like, we lived together, obviously, at some point, but it was, I I basically grew up almost like an only child, you know? And so, I guess nothing just ever came of it. It was always just, like, really great when we all saw each other. I think me and my sister probably got into it once, and then that was it. You're lucky. I used to wake up with, like 
baseball bats in my face and shit. Uh, like oh my god. Oh, no. we, were, we were savage. Like four boys no. in one house. It was oh, bad. No. But at the same time, like, you know, the funny thing is, like, we were always the our biggest critics, but always there for each other at the same time. So whenever our it was always the little brothers for some fucking reason. <laughs> but they would always get into trouble and then three older brothers would go kick ass. And then we'd go home and we'd kick the little kids' ass, the little brothers' ass, because like what the fuck are you making us fight for? Or why we gotta stick up for you? What are you what are you doing to these people? But we never asked questions about them while it was happening. It was always like, Stand fast, we're on your side. Yeah. You'll get your ass kicked later, don't worry about it. I was also a very square <laughs> no. I like, don't believe that. Ooh, I was so square. I used to like dump when I'd go to like a, a party at, at a friend's garage, right? I used to dump the beer out and pretend I was drinking it. Like I'd dump it out in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and, and then, and then the mom comes out and they say, like, why am I fucking my plants are dying? <laughs> right? Oh my god. This smells like Keylone's or what is it? Keystone, Keystone West? Light. Oh. <laughs> like keystone light (laughs) yeah i just i never wanted to drink and my mom knew i did that and i fessed up to her once and i was like mom i don't i don't drink and she's like i mean yeah right that's good (laughs) i I go to parties where there's drinking and i i dump it out and she's like cool i feel like this could be a lot worse so right on yeah thanks for being honest with me right yeah no my mom was was the opposite in in a good way like so my mom and my dad both they smoked weed and all the stuff you do in high school so they parents too me too i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that mine were straight hippie they were my parents were like the potheads not the hippies they were like not not the stoner hacky sackers not the hacky sackers either what the fuck's wrong with hacky sack i don't know i'm just saying they didn't do that (laughs) but you know like so they were aware that teenagers are going to do that kind of stuff so they were always like okay if you're going to do that then do it around us so we can make sure nothing bad happens so my mom we would have parties at my house my mom was invited to desert parties with like literally the entire like all of people i knew in high school they would like invite my mom to parties they're all like let's get case mom wasted uh, <laughs> no no it wasn't like that my mom net my mom doesn't drink she doesn't like to drink my mom's just like it's so funny because my mom is so different now that she's like almost 60 than she was when we were in high school yeah, she was she just raised two daughters she's like fuck this i'm getting wasted now well she's no she's <laughs> mom no no she was exactly she was just such a chill person all of my friends and people that me and my sister knew they just loved my mom my mom also substitute teached at our taught excuse me at our school so everyone knew my mom you know so it was it was like that and then now my mom is like so crabby <laughs> It doesn't like to be in social situations anymore. I'm just like, mom. It sounds like she spent most of her life in social situations. So I could definitely She did. did. So I kind of get it. But it's just kind of funny. It's like, you're not the same woman I grew up with. This is weird. Who are you? Exactly. Exactly. So, but because of that, I did drink, you know, underage and stuff. But I was always under adult, my parents' supervision. Because it's like, we know you're going to do it anyway. So we want you to do it safely. You know, if that's a thing, no, I, no, pretty much. I have smoked, <laughs> I have smoked weed with my mom before, so I mean, that was a that was a trip. <laughs> See, and my situation was so opposite. My mom and dad were like, I mean, they were both very responsible adults, obviously, but like they always had parties at our house that their friends would go to. I was like such a recluse. I was always at home. I was like reading, or I was playing like on the computer. 
at like Neopets, that could take up an entire weekend for me. So when, when did Wild when did Oregon Trail when, in it? When did Wild Diana come out? <laughs> Wild Diana was um like eighteen to twenty three. Continuing on, <laughs> right? Oh my god! But I really, as a teenager, I didn't like. I didn't have much desire to like go out and do stuff. I kind of just liked to like. My friends would come over my house, and we would like play board games and watch movies, and that was it. I, I think my first drink, I was seventeen. <laughs> and my friend was like had just found out that i'd been lying about drinking all this time and was dumping out her beers so she was mad oh shit and <laughs> i'm, I'm calling you out talia i'm calling you out did you pretend to be wasted yeah oh yeah and i didn't know what it meant to be wasted so i'd just be like whoa you guys i'm so wasted <laughs> oh god <laughs> this is crazy don't let me drive kennedy oh, have god. you ever been wasted nope never just don't care to the drink. two times that i got quote unquote wasted and when i say that i mean actually like blackout Black don't remember wasted. the entire night was my first time was when i was 15 and then this Sheesh. that's totally a thousand percent my sister's fault a thousand percent <laughs> that bitch <laughs> no it was literally she kept handing me the vodka bottle like well, it's that's a, a good thousand, friend what are you talking nah, about <laughs> way too much way too much alcohol and then the second time was after we all like graduated when i was 17 and i was a whole bottle of jack daniels to myself so <laughs> and then yeah it was not a good time Speaking of drinks. So I will never, never go that far ever again. I start to feel a buzz. I stop. <laughs> Note to self for getting Kate wasted. <laughs> Good luck. Right. I won't let you. <laughs> Got the guard up. Watch <laughs> Speaking of the drinks, I'm getting kind of thirsty. How about you guys? Sure. Always. Sure. <laughs> Have a pint, take a break, and relax. It's my favorite part of the show. So tell me, boys, what's on tap? All right, since it is Lady Adventurers Night, and you guys always bring a certain kind of wine to the table whenever you play D&D with us, Kate, why don't you tell us what's on tap tonight? So what is on tap is our Stella Rosa Stella Peach, and it's okay. I'm not a huge fan of peach, but just like all of the other Stella Rosa wines, it's delicious. They had a blueberry one. I haven't tried it. I Wait, I don't think I have, um, but I'm sure it's good too. Um, so it says they're harvested from their beautiful vineyards, and it's with uh, natural flavors of ripe peaches. And they, they recommend that you serve it with uh, fresh fruit, cheese, spicy cuisine, and desserts. You Where's the, the spicy cuisine? Yeah, I want some Where spicy. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I cooked last night. <laughs> it's not my turn. I cook every day, so I'm good. <laughs> no, true. really, though, when you we get moved in. You didn't bring a barbecue in, sandwich for us, though. <laughs> Just me. When we get when we get all moved into our apartment, we'll have you guys over for dinner. <laughs> like inviting us to hey. dinner, not have us for dinner, right? You wouldn't be cooking. <laughs> I'd be cooking. <laughs> so, uh, does it tell what kind of alcohol by volume this this Stella Rosa is, and what's the name of the vineyard? It just says for it just says Stella Rosa Peacher harvested from beautiful vineyards. It doesn't say <laughs> generic. 
right? <laughs> Probably says one's that called box. Stella, runs called Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> it's that GMO. <laughs> oh, it's a five percent. It's five percent. Five percent alcohol by volume. This is something different for Up Dyson Brews. I've never done a wine on Up Dyson Brews, so you guys are, whoop, are whoop. paving the way for new new tastes and new sensations Ooh. here on the beer channel. Ooh. We're talking about <laughs> sensations. Ooh. We don't always talk about sensations. <laughs> okay, Ben, what do you think of it? I haven't even tried it yet. That's why I'm asking you uh, to try I'm, it. I'm going to taste it right now. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to taste it like, right now. Okay. Like, right, right now. You have to smell it first. What? This is really sweet. Especially for something that you drink. Yeah, it's very yeah. sweet. Oh my God. <laughs> this smells exactly like a peach ring. This smells exactly a peach ring, like, like a peach the peach gummy ring. peach ring? Yes. No, mm. it does. No, that it would smells be, really good. Should we put some sugar on the rim? Can Ew. we do No, you it's already can, too sweet. I'm sorry. It's very sweet already. Can, do you want to smell it, Kennedy? Just, uh, no. I'm oh, good. okay. Yeah, it just smells like peaches. It doesn't even smell. It doesn't even smell like anything to me. I don't smell it. I have that COVID. Very Maybe your nose is plugged. Let That's... me blow it. <laughs> right? No, I. My like... nose is inverted. <laughs> whenever, whenever it comes to anything alcoholic, I need it to be kind of sweet or to have mm. you know something in there. This does taste. Now that you say gummy ring, this does taste like a gummy ring. This this would be a wine that my wife would drink. Because she doesn't like anything dry or anything not similar. You so know? then this means we're going to have it at the wedding. Yeah? And she loves peach rings. Yes. We'll have to bring this to the wedding for her. Okay. I don't know. Give this is like, you can't, I, you can't drink more than one glass of this. This is like a stomachache waiting to happen. Uh, okay. So this. like me and her can share a bottle. Well, hold on. Then... I should take that back. I've witnessed you guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. But when we go for that, when we finish that second bottle, I do feel it in the morning. So I, I can't do that anymore. But, you know, one bottle and then maybe we'll we'll mix it something else in, in there because I can only and do we'll like one bottle. And then we'll see what that effect is in the morning. <laughs> well, because actually, okay, so we had that one. Because I stick to the same thing, it just it just. Well, remember last, the, not the session we just had, but the one before that, me and Marie had ginger ale and Malibu, but we had the wine first. So if as long as Ugh. I mix something else, like I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about because we, we still have that bottle of Malibu and Malibu strawberry that you have downstairs. And oh, I was like, perfect. oh, we'll just do that. And then I was like, no, nah, these guys do wine all the time. And mm. It's always Stella Rosa. And then me and my wife went to the store and there was like this end cap of Stella Rosa. And I was like, this is fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, ser- no, really, though, this is probably always going to be at our apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's got his buttered soda. <laughs> I'm no, he likes his enchilada fan. soda. Okay, You're we'll not get a peach that fan? instead. So we go to this breakfast place called. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it the brunch uh, place that Marie yeah. told me about? Okay, I don't Do remember, remember the, name? the name, but I think we all Fuck. need to go. It's so is good. It baby cakes? No, but hi. Is you it doing? Denny's? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Denny's. Um, I forget what the fucking name. Is. It's such a good place too. But anyway, they have a mimosa of the month. Mm-hmm. And they had a peach bellini mimosa that was phenomenal. I just have a thing with mimosas. Ph phenomenal. Oh, oh! Do they have like a crazy? It's like an alien place. Benedict. Yes. I know what you're talking about. It's like an alien place, though. I forget. None of us are going to know the name of it. Yeah, this is so. This is terrible. Maybe I should just goggle it. Yeah, (laughs) I think you should. 
Yeah, because we because, you know, now your viewers are going to be like, where is this amazing place? We need to go. <laughs> I, I can't I can't do mimosas. I just I can't stand champagne. So if you are going to have that at your wedding, I'm sorry. I can't stand. Champagne. I don't think we are. I mean, I'm not really going to drink at the wedding. I'll have like a drink, but what? I'm not really well because I don't want to get like super fucked up. <laughs> no, I'm not saying fucked up. I just thought you'd it's, at least get buzzed. It's called I'll get I'll get buzzed for okay. sure. Okay, there we squeezed go. Squeezed in. Y'all, y'all already uh, know me. I'm gonna have in. a truly in my or hands two. or three but on the dance floor. Don't worry, floor. I'll I'll be that guy that just keeps giving you them. <laughs> I will too, and then Shelby'll have this bottle in her hand. Perfect. I love it. Speaking of your and wedding. And then we'll all do shots. This song yes. will just be constantly playing. It'll be like, shot, shot, <laughs> shot, shots, everybody. <laughs> Speaking of your wedding, yes. it's $900 for my bakery to do your armadillo cake. And I say that because we would do it. It would look like a real armadillo. An armadillo. An armadillo. <laughs> An armadillo. I, uh, I get 50% off. So even if I bought that for you, I'd still be spending like 450 And I love you and Shelby, but that's ridiculous. What if the whole group pitched in on their cake? All right. Maybe we can do that then. I am. No, y'all can't do that. Why can't I'm, we? We already helped you move. Not only that, but there's okay. So literally, four fifty divided by seven is not it's that like bad. Seventy no. bucks, if that. It's oh like sixty dollars. I could never ever ask that of you. I spend more of that. Who said on you dice. were asking? <laughs> no, I'll get it. Don't expect okay. a wedding gift. Okay. <laughs> right? That it's the armadillo. <laughs> you need to get an air fryer or the armadillo. <laughs> no, I'm all about. I'm all about gift cards now. I used to be that person that it's like you ha- we have to get you someone an actual gift, but I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to do that anymore. There's certain people I will get actual gifts for, but now it's all about gift cards. I'm like, get something you want or you've needed but you can't afford it. I feel like that's more of a gift than So, anything. do you ever get like um like dining gift cards for people at weddings or do you have to get like a gift card to a physical like a, a department store? No, usually I'll do like Amazon because everybody orders things off of Amazon. And Not me. I'm anti-Amazon. Just joking. <laughs> I was about to say, say that is a lie. <laughs> I've seen that man at your doorstep. <laughs> oh my god! So my question <laughs> is because like, do you, if you do dining experience gift cards, so most people have a theme to the reception or what they're eating or what they're catering. Mm-hmm. It would be really funny to get them a gift card to a place when with the catered food they're having. I'm like, no, I know this place. <laughs> it's better than what you have. <laughs> yeah. No, I can now see you doing that. Well, I wouldn't do that. Well, no, our caterer. Are you having grilled cheese sandwiches, by the way? For some reason, I picture grilled cheese sandwiches at your wedding. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, our caterer is actually at the venue so it's just the venue is catering our Ramen so that noodles. would be pretty funny if you gave us a gift card to our venue <laughs> <laughs> second wedding no, no, no i just like here apply this, this apply this to the balance we have, <laughs> right oh. we have like a buffet so i think it's gonna be like some kind of chicken and then some kind of a potato that's well, like Well, with all up. this dwarven thigh talk, we better have a fucking chicken thighs. Oh, no. You know. <laughs> no, seriously, Justin will eat the whole buffet. Do it, please. <laughs> they, they paid for it. But yeah, I was going to say, we uh, we want everyone to get nice and full before getting out on the dance floor. Oh. Right? And then vomit happens. Yes. No, you don't yes. do that. That's what happens when you drink too much Stella Rosa that's fucking peach and super sweet. 
<laughs> Yet you're the one who's almost what? finished with your stellar. Listen, I don't waste shit, okay? <laughs> I told you that I grew up in a family with four other fucking brothers. You know, like, we don't waste shit. I you're also fuck, drinking it, it out of a whiskey glass, and me I and Kate have, have two wine, wine glasses. <laughs> They all, all the other ones it, broke. It, but it has a B on it for Ben. He's got to use his oh cup. Oh, my God. It's, it's badass. <laughs> <laughs> That's precious. <laughs> I got it for Father's Day. <laughs> so, ju- so just to kind of get back to our conver- actual conversation <laughs> for the podcast. Why? This is the best part about like this is no, what the What's no, on Top is for. No, no, I just thought of it and had a question. Do you have a favorite character of yours? I know that you're the Fever- oh, Forever DM, but you're putting do me you, on the spot in my you, own podcast. I'm sorry, I just had a question. <laughs> I just wanted to know if you had a favorite like character I love of your own. All my children. Uh, no, just a character that you've made that's been your favorite. That I made. Oh. Yes, yes, that one. Not not out of our group. I wouldn't make you choose people like if that. If you don't say Horvin right now, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of them. I have another. That question doesn't for count you. because that's like that's a character in the game, not like his character that's different oh that i played yes well, but how would you guys relate to the characters that i've played because you guys never see me play but you guys don't even know do if know i'm what... capable of playing no 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 <laughs> it's just more of like i was more thinking like the characteristics of your character like what race what class uh, you know all of that so my characters that i always play are always dwarves so me and brandon are kindred... which i think is hilarious because you're so tall well, me and Brandon are kindred spirits in the fact that we like dwarves, but my dwarves tend to be alcoholics all the fucking time. <laughs> Gee, more than I came. So I, I kind of like, I guess when I play, I throw caution to the wind with my characters because I don't mm-hmm. have any responsibility at the table. My oh, responsibility is my character. So I'm like, you know what? Let everybody else be responsible for my character. Fuck it. So I've played like a dwarven wizard that. Have you guys ever seen the movie Wizards? So there's there's this movie. It's a post apocalyptic. Um, animated movie from way back when where there's mm-hmm. two brothers and one's a dwarf and one's like a undead being. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, this dwarven wizard is like, he's almost like Tarek. Like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm I'm the man. I reign supreme. I have all the magic, but he still has some kind of connection to the world and wants, to, wants the world to survive from his evil brother. So my my first character was a dwarven wiver, wivered? A dwarven <laughs> wizard named Balthar. And Balthar. yeah, and he just, he was, but he was a badass, but he was drunk all the time and smoked his pipe all the time. And he was a typical, like, he was like Gandalf, mm-hmm. but like three, four foot tall. That was it. Honestly, I've always wanted a pipe, but the thing, like, just like that, like the old school pipes, but I don't smoke anything. And I just feel like weed, like weed is not meant for those. So it's like, I've always wanted one and to like use one, but then it's like, what am I going to smoke in it? <laughs> Tobacco. I mean, you can smoke a cigar and not inhale. It's kind of, it's, some of it's really good. Some of it's a nice flavor, but it's smoky. It goes best with whiskey in a glass. Okay. You know what? I will we get, I will buy, in the building. I will buy a pipe oh and <laughs> you get a pipe and then we'll have whiskey and maybe, maybe whiskey. I don't know. I kind of doubt it, but <laughs> whiskey, we'll have a drink and smoke. We can, we can do that. <laughs> Make a day of it, you know? Exactly. Yes. But I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not a, I'm not a smoker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Those kids are wild. Yeah, no, I, I, if I would say it's Rowan's fault, but I actually hear Emma more than I hear. Him. <laughs> I, I used to, I, I love smoking. 
all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> I love all. Kinds I used of to things. I used to smoke weed a lot more, but you know when your significant other doesn't smoke and you're kind of just doing it alone, it's kind of you can smoke with me. I'll smoke with you. We'll have a girls' day and we'll smoke. Oh, there. let's have a girls' day and we just smoke weed and drink wine well i don't really like like mixing the two we'll have like a glass of wine yeah just for some flavor (laughs) and then we'll throw harry potter on (laughs) oh a harry potter night i'm loving all of this yes and then i'll just also you know we'll stay the night (laughs) me and your girlfriend playing dress up He's so used to this. Like literally every time he's like, I'm just going to drop you off at at Tiana's. You'll have fun. Agreed. (laughs) Why wasn't I invited? What happened? All right. So only. Called an optional. (laughs) There's the spice. There's the spice. spice. No, he's always, he's always joking that like, if if you didn't have Shelby, I would have married you. And I'm all like, yeah, you're probably right. Where does that put you? We could have been in, no, we could have been a throuple guys. Okay. Honestly, we could have been a throuple. (laughs) Would have been perfect. And you can bring home the cakes. You bring home the cakes. What kind of cakes? I, Harry. I, Harry. (laughs) I, I was going to say handle and then carry. I Harry. I handle <laughs> the finances because I work at a bank. I work at a bank. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and my wife, if we ever break an arm or something, she'll take care of it. Right? She's no, like, you guys are perfect. <laughs> I've seen your bed. You need a bigger bed for that. <laughs> no, really? True. Yeah, you guys need like a cow king. Me and Justin. We do have one, but they gave it in, they oh. put it in the fucking guest room, didn't you? No, we oh. have a king size that we put in the guest room but it's our Tempur-Pedic it's our nicest bed because I feel the guests should have the nicest Fuck stuff <laughs> because I want I want someone that's not at home to be like oh I feel comfortable and nice and what's no, a wet I mean, spot <laughs> no, right? no the thought is really nice and I mean I agree with the thought me and Justin really want a purple mattress I want oh, yes. so bad oh, do you know so what nice. that is Ben yeah absolutely okay because you looked like you didn't I was just thinking. Do you like, know what that is, Kennedy? Yeah, no, I know that. Would is. you <laughs> would you ever not have it sheet sheeted though? So like, how would you know it was a purple mattress? Just you would know, right? Yeah, you would. You would sleep on it and yeah, but immediately lay down. Off? You'd be like, "This is a purple mattress." <laughs> well, yeah. As soon as someone comes to my home, I'd say, "So this mattress. is where the bathroom is. This is the coffee maker. Enjoy your purple mattress." You would put it in the guest room. <laughs> Yes. Honestly. What is happening? And then I would upgrade us to the Tempur-Pedic. When, remember when you said that you were going to sleep on my couch? I'm just going to come stay in your guest room. No, really. No, I I'll just, cook I you really pulled pork. Pull. You get me a purple mattress, okay? Perfect. Yeah, no, I really want a purple mattress. But we actually went into the purple store. So fun fact. If you and guys your go face in, turned red when you found no, out how you much guys, they were. No, right? If you go into the purple store, they have miniature mattresses like this big that you can just take with you i took two of I'm them and give, i was playing with it all day i'm gonna give my hand a good night's sleep today no justin was like you should put these in your shoes and i'm like if my feet were that small sure our hands just get bigger shoes luxury. right no but they're really cool it's and so like, comfy so the price i think for the temper P- not the temper pedic gosh the purple mattress that we were looking at was like three grand probably mm-hmm. and i was like yeah. ouch 
We decided God. if we're gonna go with the purple, we're gonna go all the way. So yeah. Well, if you're gonna finance it, you gotta finance yeah, it. Yeah. We're gonna do the one that like you can move it and it vibrates. That's what we and, were looking at. Yeah. Listen, if there's two of you in the bed, then it should be moving and vibrating already. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> just saying. You're just throwing it out there. Like it should be doing something for you already. I mean, no complaints over here. <laughs> Drink the juice. <laughs> Now that you brought, now that like that's a thing now, and when yep. when we all have wait, Shelby's coming to see. Is Shelby coming to sushi tomorrow, or is she? No, not, she's, she's not still back. in Arizona. Yeah, Damn it. I was going to take that time to <laughs> order her. I would order her a juice and be like, "Drink the juice, Shelby." And she loves juice. What's her favorite she, kind of juice? Apple juice. If you were going to say orange juice, I would have died. What? Because <laughs> it's orange juice is what she drinks in the movie. Yeah, because she's diabetic. Oh, oh, we're still on the movie thing. We have to. Well, that's where it's. I know. I was just saying, like, uh, it we, comes full circle. <laughs> you have to watch. I feel like you have to watch the movie before you come to my wedding to get a full. How about we arrange a movie night and perfect at your house and pajama we'll just, party? Yes, and then we'll just. I feel like watch nobody that. will be watching the movie though. It'll be like board games and trope jokes. Well, I feel like if we watch the movie first and Justin then had last night. Yes, that too. <laughs> if we watch the movie first, then play games afterwards. I and mean, also if we start, you know, at like seven o'clock, yeah. then we'll be good. Perfect. I love this. Okay. We're all down for this. What are we eating though? Is it going to be like finger foods or we're going to have I'm like gonna, a spicy I'm gonna meal plan? cook because I love cooking. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say What's pizza, your favorite but... dish? Cook some that cook. I make. Yeah. Cook some spaghetti. That'll make it real easy to make, make for everybody. Yeah, it'll be, make, make it real easy to fall asleep too. My spaghetti. Uh, yeah, so what? heavy. I wouldn't say if that. It's, it's okay, pasta, man. But it's easy to feed a lot of people with spaghetti. Like my, I think my and favorite cheap. thing to make is a tie between. I love making chicken cordon bleu with, and I make a really good. Like, oh my freaking god! So fancy. I love it. And then a Tuscan chicken. With and I put pasta in it, and I make pasta. the sauce from scratch. From scratch, I love oh my God. all while stepping on a purple mattress. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so I'll if do you y'all drink want party, huh? Do you drink while you cook? Of course, do, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's your go-to drink while you cook? Truly, <laughs> <laughs> you're just like addicted to those. I am. You know it's the worst so thing is easy to drink. It is because the worst thing is like ever since we moved to the desert. I was a hardcore beer drinker. I can't drink beer in the desert. It's so heavy. And now I'm just, just a Truly kid. Like, I, I, just like, don't oh, like, I just don't like beer. They got a new box of Trulys. Let's try them. Our favorite, um, our favorite beer, my favorite beer, is Yingling. I love Yingling, but they don't make it out here. Say it again. Yingling. Again and again? Yingling, Yingling. Yingling. <laughs> <laughs> uh. They don't make my favorite beer out here anyway, and I just found out they discontinued my favorite beer. What Ouch. is it? It's so it's Ninkasi. It's an Oregon brewery in Oregon. Oregon, say that four times fast. Or just say it once, actually. <laughs> Oregon, Oregon brewery. Yeah, thanks, Kate. <laughs> Oregon brewery, and it was a uh, an oatmeal stout, mm-hmm. and it was so delicious, and it tasted like almost like chocolate milk in a beer form. It was great. <gasps> Did you ever have in Arizona? Did you ever have Orange Blossom the beer? 
Because I don't like beer in general, uh, I really didn't try anything like that. It's only in Arizona. And every time we go, we're like, we're going to get a 12 pack and bring it back. And do then we you, always make sure, make sure you tell Shelby. <laughs> and then there's oh, since know. she's there. You know, know. Text her right now. Oh, and wait, then, your phone's dead. And then they like Selma and Louising it out of Arizona. Like, oh, fuck, we gotta go. Yeah, no, seriously. We forgot the orange blossom. <laughs> Thankfully, there's not a lot of stuff that's only made in Arizona, although I really do miss Macayos. What's that? It's a Mexican restaurant, and <gasps> I grew up yes. on it. I grew up on it, so I What's miss it a lot. What's your favorite dish from there? Um, mini chimichangas. Mini chimichangas? Yeah, so you know how your chimichangas from anywhere else are like ginormous things? That's the best part about it. Well, no, they have these chimis that are like this big, and they're just, they do, um, I get all beef, and they then they fry it it's just literally the name mini chimneys and you get like six of them and they're so freaking good and their chips and salsa mm, so do amazing. they make a dessert mini chimichanga actually they do <laughs> they do chocolate they do it? chocolate chimneys oh, and, uh, and ice cream and ice cream a la mode i mean yeah yeah what was that noise no i just said yeah yeah because i was looking at him because <laughs> Wait, he, me? he's yeah. had it yeah Went, you've ah! had Justin you've had mini chocolate chimney a la mode is that what I had last time yeah my mom always gets that dessert especially ah, fuck, if fuck we're going taking to Deanna, Deanna's house for a fucking pajama party we're going to Arizona for a goddamn <laughs> honestly dessert. I would love for my parents all to meet you guys because oh I, they would they would hate us all no they would love you guys and also they would do they have truly no but we can buy some and also my parents can understand why I'm probably never yeah. <laughs> because i just you guys are my my family and <laughs> and I of course like... you know justin's here i literally thought the other day what life would be like for me if i hadn't met him i wouldn't have met all of you guys which is just mm-hmm. earth shattering and then i would probably have had to have moved back to arizona since the people i were living with are now getting divorced so i would literally be back in arizona if I hadn't met that wonderful man sitting over Aww. there in the corner on his phone. <laughs> Kate, uh, personal question. Mm. Uh, do you like any kind of sports? I do like volleyball. That's the only sport that I actually played gr- like growing up. My, my parents actually, instead of having a reception, they played beach volleyball. So Was there sand? Yes, actually. Yes. No, it was. I think it was in my grandparents' backyard at the time, so I don't What's think they the actually. What's the difference between regular volleyball and beach volleyball? I think, the, yeah, I think they. The reason why they call it beach volleyball is when you're not like on a court. I oh, think that's I see, basically what they do. Well, at least my parents' definition of it is. So that's the only one that I really, play, that I really kind of play and like know the rules <laughs> in my head. Basically, uh, anything else I don't really know. <laughs> Diana, do you like any sports? Like to play or to watch? Any of it. All of it. Did you play any sports in high school? I did. I was on the, I was, I played field hockey for a bit and then I was on the swim team for most of, most of my growing up days and I loved swim team. I was very good at it. Um, My favorite like sports to, to, I always watch the Olympics because I think they're just so cool. Yeah. Did you, do you watch any sports now? I, I watch, um. Football for your wife. Yeah, yeah. Shelby likes college, college football. football right? yeah. yeah, she likes college football. I mean, she likes all football. I'll watch whatever she's. Oh, Kennedy, do you did you play any sports in high school? No, no, I've never done anything. I was really the type to go outside. Really? 
Did you do you watch any sports center? No, nah, it doesn't really entertain me. So your hobbies include D and D and mostly just video games and role playing. That's about it. What's your favorite video game of all time? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, <laughs> I I guess at the moment, like most certainly, it'd have to be um, Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah, Ooh, I've heard one. great things about that. I, I love the store and I love the gameplay. That's, that's the older one, though. That's not the newer. That's not the Gotham Knights one, right? That's the Arkham no, one, it, the third installment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was a fun one. The Batmobile scenes were like really cool. In that yeah, one. all the cutscenes and stuff. And do you have any? Do you play phone games too? A little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Stardew Valley? Oh yes, I have that on my laptop. What'd yeah. that do? I, I, <laughs> if you need a ultra relaxing game. That is just kind of mind-numbing after a hard day. Stardew Valley is fantastic. If what is Stardew Valley, though? Like, what, what kind of game is it? If played Harvest Moon, it's a lot like that, too. Oh, so it's like a farm simulator kind yeah. of? Yes. My ah. favorite game is Animal Crossing, but that's just because it's, like, the only one I've really played. I'm not into video games, nor have I ever been, but Animal Crossing, like... But you've played Super Mario before, right? No. I, I only did after I started animal crossing and then other people were like oh you know try you know they had the game so then i was like okay i guess i'll try it. and i was not good at it so <laughs> not really and i assume you play mostly like role play video games uh yeah for the most part though i, I play a lot of minecraft mostly just because you can do whatever you want really that, so i like that I've i never tried played minecraft before. rowan plays Neither minecraft I. and i try to play it too i built a house <laughs> i did do that um the reason i ask is because i play a lot of role play video mm-hmm. games Those and are the japanese the jrpgs were my favorite growing up oh, it was yeah. always oh, the, yeah. the japanese role playing games and uh, mostly i just like a lot of those like survival games if you will just chuck you out in the wild and try to live do you like horror ones? No. No. I'm not one horror for horror, horror personally. You do? Yeah. No, I love horror everything. So. I just played one. Okay. That fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, lie. explain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, All was right. it dark when you, you play, when you play horror video games, you play it in the dark? first person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are the character Ooh. and you just see out of their eyes and you are a baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> You are a one-year-old, what and suddenly... F- what game are you playing? Yeah, I'm trying... Thank you. What is it called? I know. I can't think of it. Look it up. See if you can look it up. Goggle All right, it. so... Fact checker. Essentially, right. yes. That's why Justin's here. <laughs> Fact checker. No, he's so. here so so Ben wouldn't feel alone with the testosterone. What are you talking okay. about? I'm, I'm perfectly at home here. I have inverted nipples. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it starts out with this one-year-old. His mom is like, happy birthday. And then she answers the door. And all of a sudden, the entire screen just starts like jolting and vibrating. And it turns dark and scary. And essentially what you have to do, this like teddy bear comes to life and he's like, hey, little buddy, you want to. Oh, among the sleeping. That's what it's called. Um, He's like, you want to go with me? Come in the closet. Fuck no, I don't. And there's fucking like right. scratch marks all over the closet. And and you have to figure out what is going on. There's this As a monster. One-year-old? Yeah. There's Literally this huge monster. That. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she's fucking terrifying. Right. Did you finish it? Okay, I won't spoil it for anybody. He can't how do more. How, how long did it take you to finish this game? Um, less than twenty four hours. Oh, are God. you a one year old the whole time then? Yes, but 
but it's horrifying. It like this monster bad. comes up to you and she just kills you. If you <laughs> if, if she catches you. Did you play this while you were either inebriated or in the dark? Um, we both. played it in the dark. So me and Shelby played it together. Um, it's one. It's a one person game. Yeah, but we, we switch controllers. Yeah. yeah. When the monster um, kills you, you get the, the control. Yeah, the other person starts going. What was the other one that I played way back in the day? Was um, I forget? It was the one where you were like a horror photographer. Do you remember that one, Justin? What? Yeah, I forget what it's called, but you went around taking pictures of like a hundred places, and then it was <gasps> yeah, and then like when you went and saw the photos or developed the photos, like there'd be like ghosts right in your fucking face. And was shit. that the entirety of it? Just you would develop pictures and it'd be scary. So you remember or like it Pokemon? Was a no, it was a puzzle too. Okay. And but I remember like Pokemon Snap, like when you went through and you took pictures of different Pokemon. It was like yeah. you're trying to capture ghosts. You're like a paranormal activity person, and you're trying <sighs> to capture like ghostly activities and stuff. like Justin, that. Justin, what is that one called? It was way back in the day, though. You have to find it. That's <laughs> fact check. Oh man, I want to play. It. I'm trying to find more like horror games, but like there's role not play. a lot. There's not a I lot know. of them out there. I know. Other than like the main ones, and I feel like those main ones, like Resident Evil and like Silent yeah. Hill, have gotten way over. Fatal Frame. Fatal okay. Frame. Is the what name systems of the game. are that? Is that on? Like Xbox. 360 <laughs> <No>. <laughs> playstation 2 <laughs> there is a uh, one horror game that i know of that's uh, i've heard it's been really good and it's not super common well known is um visage and basically mm. you want to do what <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah basically like it just like the game starts out literally like you just see like these uh, like three people tied up in front of you like you're watching this person they have a gun in their hand they pull the gun and each person like screaming like, like they're all like duct taped and tied up and then the person shoots each one of them and then shoots themselves and that's the start of the game <gasps> and- i'm already fucked up <laughs> right? oh. so basically you got to go through this house and you gotta like figure out what happened but you're also getting eventually start getting chased by like this um what is the little girl that you see get shot at the beginning and she starts chasing you and that sort of stuff it kind of reminds me of lamora's necklace <laughs> yes <laughs> Exactly. I love that necklace. Yeah, that's a good one. I love putting that necklace on. That's a good one. So I feel like um, we should explain to the viewers what we're talking about. No, we'll leave that for another episode. Oh, mm-hmm. why not? It doesn't take it takes like a second right. to explain. Diana, explain what the necklace of ears is. I found a necklace made of ears. And that every was in time the goblin dun goblin dungeon, right? Like Yeah, that was the, the sunless un- citadel at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our treasure hunter constantly looking for something, <laughs> anything. And every time I put it on, these three people appear. It's a man, a woman, and a child. And the more I put it on, the more connected I get with them. It is appearing to be. So every dun, time dun, I go dun. somewhere new, I like to put on the necklace to see what they tell me. So it was three people that were murdered in three completely different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's their sets of ears mm-hmm. that she puts on. And she's attuned to this magically cursed item now. And it's given her um, one of the domains of dread. Uh, I forget what they're called, but they're from a book in, in D&D where you can have like these outstanding abilities that happen to you. But if you roll certain numbers in certain times, then you get these really drastic downfalls. So it's kind of like a high risk, high reward kind of thing. Which is perfect for me. Absolutely, because your, your whole your whole character's <laughs> life is based on gambling anyway, yeah. so why not gamble even further? Yep. But she, I had uh, Diana flesh out two of the characters 
of of the three mm-hmm. and give them names and kind of like a little short background and their race and stuff like that. But I I left the little girl to me, so she still has a surprise waiting in the in dun, the dun, ring. Dun. So every time she puts his necklace on, I have her roll dice because yeah. she likes to roll dice. I do, and that's who shows up for her. Yeah. And then they give her something or they take something from her. She doesn't know yet. <laughs> but that's the necklace of ears. We're going to get into the main topic of tonight's conversation. Although bullshitting with you ladies has been fun. <laughs> Super <laughs> gossip. But we're going to talk some D&D and get into some, maybe some, a little bit more sensitive subjects. A little bit more deeper dive into the psyche of a D&D player. Right after this. <laughs> Come on, get happy hour. <laughs> Do you want me to repeat that I always have to have something in my hands? Please. Just, just, just so I have that recorded. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, over the last six months, our group has shared in some memorable adventures and had some true acts of heroism, also some devastating losses and sometimes some reflective failures. Uh, have you guys both as a player and as a character ever felt like there was a specific instance where you truly felt an emotional attachment to the game itself? Every time we play, like the emotional, like, the emotional component is there for me. And I think it's because it's my first character, my first D&D campaign and, you know, the role playing and everything. So I just get fully into it. So that's why when, you know, Darut died, I probably would have cried if I had actually been in been here and not in Salt Lake City because I would I always have forget seriously that you cried. Here for that. Yeah, no, I probably would have been would have cried during that battle just because it was like, you know, it was so intense and then for us to actually lose a, a character is also something not it, normal for me because I'd be the first character lost that we've had. Yeah, I've only killed one other character in my whole my whole experience playing this game so and you know the funny thing is with that this the it went eerily similar like everybody's like okay let's loot the body (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to get in that shell so bad yeah no that would not have been me Uh, you know if if i would have actually been here the funny thing is is like the other character that got killed was a grave domain cleric as well and he had a shovel as his spiritual weapon so they really like wrapped him up in a rug and like stabbed his shovel through his, <laughs> after they looted his body. I was like, what the fucking savage shit just happened? <laughs> Diana, have you ever had an emotional attach an emotion an emotional attachment to this game as a player or as yourself? Has there ever been a moment where you're just like, wow, this is fucking hitting pretty deep for me? I mean, on a personal level, probably my dream with Horbin, where it was like so romantic and it was this, you know, um, he was confessing his love for me and there were purple flowers flying everywhere and a purple butterfly. And it was it was so beautiful to my character who I feel Lamora's not she's emotional, but she's not like a sappy. She's not a sappy forest gnome, you know, <laughs> <laughs> So for her to f- to to have that experience, I loved that. I thought that was I thought that was so special. And then now she's lost Horbin and she has lost her sense of where her home is. 
I think I think we were playing one night and it actually might have been the battle. And in the back of my head, you know, in between my roles and watching what everybody's doing, I was thinking like, wow, if, if that were me, if if I were Lamora, I would feel really fucked up right now because <laughs> the love of my life has been imprisoned. I know that my home is incredibly important to me and I have no idea where that is or how I'll ever get back there. Every sense of what I think we're about to accomplish has led to more questions than answers and it's just so uncertain on every every turn which then you on a, killed someone yeah <laughs> and, and so to have that character development for me i felt like that was an emotional moment in those moments where where you kind of have those realizations or those or those epiphanies if you will do you guys feel that you interject some of, like you said, like you put yourself in that position a lot with your characters or do you try to separate your characters from yourself? I definitely did a lot. And like going back to your question, now that Lamora brought up her dream, it reminded me of mine because it's been actually quite a few sessions <laughs> since we did mine. Um, because of the dream sequence interjecting my grandfather into it who i miss very very much and i purposely put him into the game because i could that was definitely something that i very i very much put myself in my characters my first character i feel like everybody does that with their first character we uh we kind of had a text message between each other and i was like hey i'm gonna do some things like are you okay with this no yeah i was was, like i want to let you know that i'm probably gonna tuck on some heartstrings yeah no it was actually very beautiful to kind of put that put it into the game, put something super emotional into the game and kind of almost bring him back to life in a certain sense, you know? So that was really, really something that is, can show kind of the different ways that this game can be so powerful for a lot of people. If they choose to do that with the game, you know, if they choose to, you know, do like how you and Lucas are like, you know, I'm me all the time. Why do I want to be me in the game? Then, you know, there's that too. Well, and based upon that, like, before we get to you, Kennedy, and your answers, um, I find myself, especially in this game with this group, injecting a little bit of my person into all the NPCs I create. That's why you like Corbin. Just because, <laughs> just because it's hard not to. It's It's hard not to... Yeah. To put yourself in those positions and like, how would these players, how would I act or react to certain things as that they're and I happening? I feel like because we're all so close, I feel like that has an that has an aspect to it as well. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Uh, Kennedy, same question for you. Like, is has there been a specific instance for Wings or for yourself in our campaign where you felt a very strong emotion, emotional attachment to the to the campaign itself or to the game through Wings? Uh, I wouldn't say there's been like, well, I guess the most extreme case would be like the dream sequence so far with like the all mother being killed and that sort of stuff. But in terms of just in general, like attachment sort of stuff, I've been very, I'm generally pretty good at putting myself in the shoes of my character. So just for like that moment, I am wings and I am seeing all this sort of stuff happen because I'm used to that sort of stuff with because of the role playing. So I, uh, I don't know. I don't really have any extreme emotional, but. For me as a DM, like I was saying, I try to I, I interject some of myself into NPCs that I create for the party. And when you guys are interacting w- with other characters at the moment, do you ever picture yourself 
having a, a that conversation with the, the the player playing that character, and it's just you guys having a conversation. That's literally what I felt like yesterday. Characters. Like I have a hard time picturing your character, Kennedy. So I like literally am looking at you <laughs> every time. So it's like I feel like we're having that conversation, and then you know it's the same thing with like with Lucas. It's kind of a mixture of both, but I you know I. St- still have a hard time kind of like seeing everybody's character. I see everyone's like face, but I see their character kind of with it at the same time, except for you, Kennedy, because I have a hard time picturing the Cancun. <laughs> so, uh, Deanna, same question. Like, do you, do you picture yourself? Sometimes it gets a little bit blurry. Those lines get a little bit blurry. Do you mm-hmm. picture yourself sometimes having those conversations with the player sitting across from you? Or are you always envisioning, envisioning the characters? No, I'm, I'm always envisioning the character. Um, cause I can't imagine a conversation that I would be having with Lucas where we're talking about both having sex with my boyfriend. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent all the way gay. I've, never played a gay character probably never will play a gay character i always play like a straight girl which and is hilarious to yeah <laughs> it's you know it's one of those things where like i don't feel that with this group of course but i'd never played with this group before so i didn't know coming in but a lot of times with any like role play game that i've ever played when i do play as a lesbian it gets very overly sexualized and then <laughs> yeah, it gets yeah, really yeah. lost and you know yeah, and it'll the be focal point is on something completely different than it needs to be yeah sometime. my my character will no longer just be like some really badass character that i've worked really hard on but like all these other guy characters saying oh wow i bet you're really into that you know female goblin over there and yeah. Fucking boys yeah. and their dicks. No, really. <laughs> so really. like I I a hundred percent everything that my character does, I I love playing her doing things that I would never do. I am super calculated in everything that I do and say in my life, because I'm not much of a risk taker. And so I love doing everything based off of risk with her i'm having like so much fun with this yeah like stabbing somebody in the heart (laughs) based on a dice roll i don't think i would do that i would hope not (laughs) i mean not unless there's a very good reason like they hurt shelby or rowan or any of us like you know (laughs) kennedy do you ever when you have conversations with other player characters at the table do you always envision the characters or do you ever put yourself like you're having a conversation with lucas or uh james uh, for me, mostly, yeah, I'd see the characters because, like, any time you set a situation, my ma- my mind completely sees that. Like that, like as everything is added and said, like it fades in. It feels kind of like some sort of video game, and my brain just kind of builds upon that. So whenever I'm talking to everyone, I'm talking to them in the scene, and I'm seeing everything that's happening. Speaking of like the loss that we we, we uh, had at the table when that session happened, when you guys were on that drive home, what were your thoughts? Like, what were your emotions? Did you feel that? As a, as like a character losing, um, did did you feel real life emotion in that, or was the game done as soon as we we called the session? I know Kate, you weren't there, so specifically Deanna. Yeah, and- I wasn't there either. <laughs> oh damn it, you weren't there either, Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, it was just me. <laughs> so hey, this question's for you. Um, I I mean I loved Daru. 
I don't think he's flipping me off right now. I it's I was so sad because I loved his character. So I think on the way home when I was thinking about it and then when I was talking about all of it with Shelby at night too, I was like, oh, you know, I'm really going to miss Darut's level-headedness. I loved his dynamic with Reggie, um, with t- like honing him in whenever he was going off the wall. Yeah, I am going to miss that. I think I missed, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's a bummer. But there was no part of me that I was like emotional over it. I, I kind of just, it was part of the game. And I feel like the character that he's going to bring in next is going to be awesome. And I'm super, I think maybe I'm more like, I wonder what he's going to do next. Ooh. This is going to be What's cool. What's going to happen next? Because <laughs> it's so, probably going to be way different. <laughs> so this hobby, this game has a tendency to bring people together from all walks of life and backgrounds and unite under a common purpose or goal to pretty much like save the world or I guess destroy it. I mean, in whatever campaign you're playing in. Is it easier to talk or approach someone with a different perspective than yourself once you've shared in epic adventures or stories with them? Do you feel like a deeper connection to that per- person once you've been on an adventure with them and they're more approachable? Like even if they have conflicting perspectives and it's easier to understand them or get what they're saying or look at things from a different point of view. I mean, I've always done that. I mean, just growing up in general, my mom always was like, you know, put yourself in other people's shoes. So I can't really answer that just because I mean, I always do it. But I do feel really close to everybody in our group because of the adventure we share and how much fun we have doing it and like the connections that we all have to our characters and to, and then our characters be going through all of this stuff together. So I mean, I would say yeah. How about you, Deanna? Yeah, I think specifically with this campaign, you know, I think with really any campaign, if it's done well, there's there should be a, a solid mixture of, you know, life circumstances and understanding those. But then also, like, there's a commitment to this. It's it's not just, oh, I feel like going, I don't feel like going. Like, other people do depend on you to go, and it's important to make sure that you're showing up. So having that commitment in a campaign, the way that we do here, I feel definitely close to everybody that... I've played with and I feel like that gets laid out on the table as well, you know? So I I think it's great. I definitely feel close to everybody regarding that. Kennedy. Well, I think it is a very good way to learn, like know to meet people because it's not your stereotypical, Oh, hi, I'm this. And I like this. It's more of, hi, I'm this person from this far off land. Who's done all this crazy shit. You want to go save the world together? (laughs) Yeah, no, really. And then also, you know, I don't think any of us would have met without this game. Yeah. And like it, and like the friend, it would like, it helps separate from like your stereotypical of like what's going on in society and all that darkness sort of stuff, if you will. It's more of a lighthearted and you get to see little bits and pieces of people that you don't normally get to see because you get to see it in their characters. Mm-hmm. Even if they make someone that's like nothing like them, there's always going to be some piece of them that's like you get a view into how they think, what they value. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's so cool the way, that this, the way that this game has brought all of us together. And I mean, now it's like, <laughs> it's like we can't ever have this campaign end because we can't be without each other mm-hmm. now. We just start yeah. a new one. And then okay, Justin well. DMs. <laughs> and then I play a drunk wizard. Yes. Dwarf. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But so going back on it, 
just to just to kind of wrap that that part of it up for me all of our perspectives are not going to be the same on things all of our beliefs on issues prominent issues important issues children schooling uh everyday life government, middle class government <laughs> religion all that stuff is different no matter who you are even if you share similar points of views mm-hmm. for me sharing an epic adventure and getting to know somebody on on almost a fantasy level of like what they desire out of like what they can't be or what they can't achieve is almost like letting somebody into your diary just a little yeah. bit. Being that somebody is is willing to share those experiences with me and open up in those aspects, it kind of just makes you think about when they when you are talking about something important, when you are on those issues that are trigger issues or sensitive issues, you kind of approach it as something a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more softer or a little bit more approachable, a little bit more absorbent as opposed to Maybe because it's different, I'm completely standoffish against it. You kind of, because you have that attachment, you want to see where they're coming from. You want to understand what their, what their trials and tribulations that they go through because of these issues on an everyday experience are like. And, and maybe that's because they play an interesting goblin, or maybe that's because they play a bearded woman dwarf <laughs> or something like that. But it's, it's, for me, that's why I asked you guys that question, because I was like, man... Like, I don't agree with everything that you guys stand for or or whatever. But at the same time, like, would I go to bat if for you guys, if I saw you guys in trouble because you were dealing with one of your trip, one of your trials or tribulations, I feel like we're so close because we shared the epic adventures mm-hmm. and stories yeah. that regardless, like I was talking about my siblings earlier, like it would be ask questions later and make sure you're safe first. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. wouldn't be a judgment call at that point. It'd be stand up for the people that I love and care about mm-hmm. as opposed to what the what the beginning issue was. No, definitely. And then also, I feel like because even if people are like completely a total polar opposite of you in the world of D&D, politics and all of that stuff, they don't exist in that sense. So you're getting to know somebody's, I guess, soul in a way rather than all of the other superficial bullshit. The layers that make up the onion. (laughs) Exactly. So for like, I'm going to bring this kind of back to real world because of my actual job, because I'm in the military. And it's a lot of like, there's something bigger than what's going on, the superficial stuff. Like it's something bigger. So you get, you learn, like gain camaraderie through that because you have more bigger things to worry about than, oh, you wearing weird colored shoes or something. It's like, you're just something bigger and greater than yourself. And that's, you see the more see value in people whether you agree or not like just perspective and that sort of stuff and you have a end goal that you want to reach together mm-hmm. well and that's basically a dnd party is what you're trying to either destroy the world or save the world or mm-hmm. <laughs> save the princess or the prince or, or the you know, whatever <laughs> whatever's going whatever's going on other than you just enjoy this game what's one reason or one thing you look forward to when you when you get to play D D. Like other than I just like this game, what's one 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 thing you look forward to? It's the unpredictability of what it what's gonna happen. That is also part of the fun of rolling the die. Cause I mean obviously we all hope that we roll high and get to do the things that we're thinking of, but it's the fact that we don't know what it's gonna end up with. Because if we if we roll kind of like a middle-ish number, like an eight or something like that, then we're not quite sure how that's going to work. So it's the unpredictability and then also the connections that we all have with each other. So that's like the big thing for me. And it's the 
escape from reality because it's like, you know, work has been ridiculously difficult for me lately. And then also us moving and just all these things going on in real life that to take a literally a mental step out of our world into our D&D world is amazing. So just the pure fact that you can like, I'm not here right now. No, yeah, Please really. call back at a later time. <laughs> yes, and my office hours are. <laughs> How about you, Deanna? What's one thing that you look forward to other than just playing the game? The mechanics, I should say. Yeah, I, I think very similar that escapism is so fantastic. Uh, something I think about often that I really appreciate about D&D is when you're describing a setting to us and and where we are what i'm picturing in my head we're all in the same place but what i'm picturing in my head is completely different than what kennedy is seeing and then what justin's seeing and then what kate's seeing and mm. then what you're seeing as much as you describe it i could be seeing when you say there's a field of flowers i could be seeing orange and yellow flowers and kennedy could see you know dandelions and and kate could see black roses everywhere mm-hmm. it's it could be all different and i love the idea of getting to create this image in my head. And it's very easy to do with D&D. It's very easy to, for at least for me, when I'm playing, to escape to that world that you're describing and that I'm playing in now. And I, I could live there. You know, it's exactly where I want to be. Even if we're somewhere horrible, I'm always going to have a sense of something that I want there. It's a sense of control, and that's like a sense of comfort. Yeah, you're not constricted by somebody else's perspective mm-hmm. or design of a place. It's all in your head. And that might be why I almost like it more that like I love playing video games. I love playing video games. It's very relaxing for me as well. But it's almost why I like it more than video games because I'm not restricted to what someone else has put on a screen for me. My ideas are endless, limitless. Yeah. Kennedy, how about you? What's one thing you look forward to other than just partaking in this game when we have D and D? For me, I think it would have to mostly be just experiences, like seeing all this sort of stuff happening. Because I love like stories and that sort of stuff. And then this is kind of like the choose your own story sort of thing, I guess. But also, please jump to chapter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. No, those are little, uh, but. It's also, um, it gives me a reason to get out because other than work, I don't really do much outside and I want to try and do more of that. So this encourages me to do something else and to also socialize. Personal experience of mine is I've always struggled as a public speaker to communicate my feelings without getting overwhelmed um, in large groups of people or just one-on-one when they're talking about sensitive subjects or just thinking about what other people perceive of me as I'm delivering these thoughts and feelings, opening up, so to speak. Although not perfect still, I'm still practicing and I get words wrong and stuff like that, but I have a lot more confidence because of D&D and because I get to practice these social skills. Is there anything through your guys' D&D experience, skills or otherwise, that you've kind of felt a, a, a new confidence in or, or a new a reinvigorating experience in a skill or, or anything like that because of D&D, because you have practiced that at this table with us and been like, oh shit, like I'm totally more comfortable with that now in the real world as opposed to just at the D&D table. Honestly, at the top of my head, I can't really think of anything other than getting out of my thoughts and going into a different place, like really trying hard to go into a different space. Like that's the only thing I can really think of because I mean, I'm already 
a social person pretty easily. I can make friends with people pretty easily and talk about all various different kinds of subjects without like getting angry about things, you know? So, I mean, for me, it was really, it was hard at first to get completed, to get immersed in a different world and kind of change, you know, where I was and things like that mentally. But then later I got better about it. So you, Progress your imagine your progress your imagination. Yes, your and I mean honestly, create. I feel like my imagination sucks so bad now. As an adult, I'm rereading a book that I read when I was like a teen, and the the imagery isn't there as it used to be. It's not as strong as it used to be. So it's been kind of a, an interesting thing for me to kind of get better at it. Were you reading the Never Ending Story where you have no. to believe? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Deanna, same question for you. Is there any skills that you kind of practice at the D&D table that you weren't really confident in in real life, but now you found like a, a, new, a new beginning to or, or more, more, more chance to use those skills in real life? Yeah, I, I think for, first and foremost, D&D has gotten me to go out a lot like what Kennedy said. I'm not, I don't like to go out often. Actually, the only thing that I go out and do is come here and play d and I'm just not an like outwardly social person. I'm very homebody-ish. But I think skill-wise for me, it's it's been really great to learn how to advocate for myself, my ideas. And if I I think when I first started playing, I was very like timid of, I don't, I don't know if I should do that. I don't, maybe I shouldn't, uh, you know, look for a, look for a crystal within the forest or, you know, whatever it may be. Maybe I shouldn't stab that guy in the heart. (laughs) No, that was a good idea. (laughs) And, And so the more I've played, I've really come into myself of, I'm gonna do this. And that's just what I'm going to do. And I I speak out and I speak out loud. And I think the more I play, the more I am able to do that in my own life. Uh, Kennedy, is there any skills? I mean, you, you said you've been role playing for quite some time. So I'm, I'm assuming that you've had a lot of practice in, in delving into the psyche, which you're not proficient in in regular life. Um, is there any skills that you've found yourself being more adapt to or more likely to use outside of the table? in everyday life that you we have a confidence about now um for me it'd definitely be like ability to socialize because i lack those significantly but doing this and like talking to people more often and doing something more i guess out of my comfort zone really has definitely helped with that how often do you guys think about D when we're not playing D? every day every day at least yeah. a little bit like honestly when i say i wish we could play every day i really do just because it is so nice to be around friends and be and literally be so distracted by having a good time and chatting with everybody and also being in our world that I relax more than I do normally because like even when me and Justin are about to go to bed I'm not fully relaxed because it's like I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to go to sleep and then thinking about work the next day or even if I'm off I'm thinking about stuff that I need to accomplish the next day so it's just like your your little hamster on a wheel kind of going 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 and then when we do D&D we get an escape from that and it is just crazy how much I have like now become addicted and I need it all the time. <laughs> She's a D&D addict. Yes, so much so and it's just it's more like wanting it's like being 
in your favorite place with your favorite people and wanting to constantly be there. Deanna, how how often do you you said every day? What what do you ta- what do you think about when you think about D and D? Oh, I mean, I, I ideas will she pop in my me. head. Yeah, mostly <laughs> mostly <laughs> I think about Ren. Um, oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I I think ideas will pop in my head of oh that would be really interesting to try out next time or oh I, I'm thinking about doing this with my character as a development. I wonder if everyone would be on board to try this out. You know, I'm always thinking of something. Something is always about popping in my head. Kennedy, do you, how often do you think about D and D? You said D D D D D. You said pretty much every day as well. Pretty often, yeah. But it's not mostly mostly because I always come up with like new characters and that sort of stuff, like new ideas and new concepts. Because like there's so many different races, you can do crazy things with them. Thinking about D and D every day, do you think about more like you said, Diana, character development, or do you think about the group that we play with, or both? I mean, I I think both. You you kind of have to have both because your character is developing oftentimes due to the people that you're with and the circumstances that you're put in because of the people that you're with or because of the characters that you're with. So I think it's a healthy mixture. Kate, how about you? I definitely think the same way as De- as a Deanna because of the fact that... Um, you know, I think about everybody and all the great time that we have. And then also I'm like imagining the world we're in, the trees, the f- the dirt, the ground, everything, the rocks that we travel on, everything that we look look like, what we look like and what everything around us looks like. And then, you know, our battles and everything like that. So, I mean, you know, I think it's just like the happy place in my mind. <laughs> and for you, for you, Kennedy? Uh, for me, it's just, um, probably, <laughs> uh, um, I think about like, I guess wings too, but also, yeah, just character development, random other things related to D and T, like, just like, how could I evolve this or would that work or how's that sound sort of stuff? It's funny how much I seriously lack thinking about how I can develop my character. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's typically how I run because like I said, I've been part of multiple RPs. So, like when you have a set character, you just got like kind of a base idea. And then mm-hmm. as you're playing along, you build up on that and it's just kind of like snowballs. Yeah. There's a lot of snowballs in this campaign. No, very <laughs> much so. <laughs> so many interchanging parts. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question I have for you and then we'll guys, we'll go to the last call, but this is a, this is a big one. Okay. So most of us at this table were introduced to Dungeons and Dragons as adults already. Do you think playing this game would have helped you more in your adolescence growing up? Yeah, I think so. It would have probably. So I consider myself to be very lost when I was a, a teen, you know, not lost in the sense that like, I don't just in the sense that it was like my parents and my, you know, my family was, you know, grounding, but I wasn't that good at being grounded without them or, you know, any, you know, friends and stuff like that. So I mean, just like I had people in my life who weren't that great for me. So, I mean, I feel like if I would have been around a group of people who were more into something, were more into something like D&D, a group activity where everybody, you know, that was just <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to describe it just i feel like this would have been just like one one goal one one common exactly uniting and, theme you know there wasn't really anybody that it, D&D wasn't something that i really heard about in high school for me so i mean it, you know and i i don't know i just i feel like it may have been more of a grounding experience because it's you know 
because I put myself in my character so much, maybe if I would have done that sooner, I would have known more about myself instead of it taking, you know, into my 20s for me to kind of really explore the kind of person that I am and like get to know myself deeply. I've, I've always struggled with that. So possibly getting into D&D early on could have had so many different effects versus, you know, now as an adult, which is still a good thing, but it could have, and also my imagination probably could have been better if I would have been actively using it. <laughs> Diana, do you think you could have used D&D to grow yourself more as an adolescent or it would have benefited you more? Well, I actually learned how to play D&D in high school. Well, look at you. I, wow, okay. <laughs> I went to an art school that was very small and we it, it was one of those like we're gonna break all the rules kind of Ooh. schools you know so we, <laughs> this is where wild Deanna comes <laughs> we had like no the school wanted to break rules oh, they were dear. like break the break the rules <laughs> oh god hello so so we had an hour and a half lunch every day Damn, and I'm obviously jealous. we don't need an hour and a half to eat so uh there was a group of kids that used to play D&D during those lunch breaks and I had asked one of them hey you know would you mind teaching me how to play what that is <laughs> <laughs> and there it was a very like loosely run campaign no rules uh we would go to the library to print copies like to <laughs> like photocopy rules and uh character sheets and we would draw our characters because we didn't have you know figurines or anything um thanks ben <laughs> i think that's my, all going away yeah, <gasps> i i think my best times were when i was playing some sort of role play game i didn't play when i was in college and that was also some of my toughest years was like 18 to 23 <gasps> the connection has been made i know i think about <laughs> that constantly and and when i finally kind of got out of it and i was like you know i just i need to be who i am and not try to be anybody else i was able to get back into it and that helped me so much and i really as you know a mom to a almost six-year-old I want to instill that this is this is totally cool to do. This is actually probably way more fun than anything you think you should be doing at like 16. Well, and then <laughs> then to like capitalize on what Kate was saying about imagination, this game is a is a mind exercise consistently mm -hmm. or constantly. Like you're always thinking, you're always picturing things in your head, you're always building those scenes. And it's just practicing that muscle memory, the, the, those, those things that we tend to lose when we get older, like those short-term memories. I feel like this is an exercise for that, that kind of memory. Uh, Kennedy, do you think, well, were you playing uh, any kind of role-play games in, in high school? And do you think being exposed to Dungeons & Dragons earlier or in your high school years would have benefited you more than being exposed to it in your adult life? I definitely think there's a pretty good benefit to doing it when you're younger, mostly because it allows you to explore being different, but also still being yourself. Like, it shows that there are other options than just what's going on in your head. Your head can give you many more different things to do and think. And it just lets you kind of explore how to be yourself while being someone else. Well, and then to piggyback on that, it also gives you a, a situation or an environment to fail in and there not be drastic consequences. It gives you the safety net of like, okay, it's okay to make bad choices and things aren't going to happen to you. 
as drastically as they would in real life. It also gives you the confidence to be okay with failure and be like, okay, well, I failed and it wasn't that bad. Now what did I learn from my failure? So it kind of gives you that that muscle memory that I was talking about, like being okay with failure. Failure, as long as you build on it, can be a positive tool, not just a, a, a negative tool or looked upon negatively. I do have one last question, though. Do you think D&D can be used as a therapeutic tool? Absolutely. Uses every single time for me. <laughs> Well, like for uh, it can be like a relaxant sort of thing, also, but then also it could be a help with aggression too. I could see it's like you're trying out your aggression on something that doesn't exist. You don't have to worry about consequences and that sort of stuff. So there's a place for murder hobos anyway. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Diana, do you think that D and D can be used as a therapeutic tool? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's not only can it be really relaxing and this escapism that we all, I think, need, um, but I think exactly like Kennedy said, you could use it as aggression. You know, you can get <laughs> whatever That's you need to get That's why you out. stab the bad guy in the heart. Yep. <laughs> it's it all coming together now. <laughs> I think it can be a useful thing in helping you, pro- not processing things, but at the same time, yes, like, as you're mentioning about failure in D&D, it's a little bit more like it's, it's more of like a softer failure than in actual life. And, you know, it gives you different skills that you are unknowingly learning. So, I mean, it can it, it's just so useful in so many ways. And it's just kind of almost saddening to me that I've gone so long without it. When you <laughs> when you problem solve in real life, do you ever find yourself saying, what would Ren do? Actually, I don't. Because um, that's, that's just not something that I actively think about. Oh, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, what I would probably do is Ren is turned into a fucking bear and I can't do that. So <laughs> Have you tried? I wish. <laughs> I heard Justin likes ladies with hairy armpits. <laughs> All right, adventurers, we have drank the juice. (laughs) It's time to give our verdict on the first ever wine on of Dyson Brews. I'm just going to start like we have been going around the table. Kate, this is pretty much your brew. Four. It's a freaking bomb. Love it. Tastes so good. That's how I feel about all even, of the Stella even, Rosa stuff. Even peach? Even yes. though you're not a fan? Even though I'm not a fan, it's still good. I would still drink a whole bottle of it. We're good. <laughs> Diana? Um, I mean, I'll give it a three. And I just took a point off because I don't like peach. <laughs> even peach rings? No, I don't like peach rings. I don't like them either, yeah. so, but this one's pretty good. So that's why I was it, like, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll keep yeah, it there. I'll give, <laughs> I'll give it the other three points because I feel like if you do like peach or if you like anything very sweet, like very, very, very sweet, you'll like this one. Do you feel like this is a social drink or something you can drink by yourself or both? Both. Yeah, definitely yeah. both. But also me and Kate kind of look at all Stella Rosa as we can drink that. Alone. Yeah, no, we literally I bring <laughs> a bottle like every time I bring a bottle to every session. To sesh, be honest with much. you, I'm I'm surprised that, that bottle in the refrigerator downstairs lasted as long as it did. 
Like they was here for like a month. I was like, well, we didn't freaking have sessions. We had to keep rescheduling. Well, we had sessions. You just weren't there. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I'm not too much of a wine drinker, and when I do drink wines, it's like a Moscato or a or a, um, a Riesling. Mm-hmm. but this is definitely like ever since you brought up gummy peaches like that's all i can fucking taste <laughs> is like melted gummy peaches now yes and i feel like there needs to be one floating in this cup right now like oh for some God. fucking reason agreed yeah. so i'm gonna give it a two out of four just because this is not something that i'm readily gonna drink mm-hmm. but it is it's decent i mean like if it was at a party i'd definitely have a glass and this is all they're offering Ouch. <laughs> so that's an average. That's a 75% yeah, it's like, approval It's like three rating. out of four. Three out yeah. of four is going to be our average. That's 75%. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you have a rating system out of four, you don't usually go to percentages. You just say one out of four, two out of four, three out of four. But it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Listeners quarters. like consistency. It's quarters. Who likes math? Stop it. Yeah, no. What are you doing? This is what you get when you have me have on, Have another ben. glass of... Yeah, can we just get her for half an episode again? <laughs> a nail in the hand is worth two in the keg. No, but it's been a blast having all the ladies at our table Woo-hoo. on. I'm glad we can make this happen. I hope you guys had a good time being here. Um, we'll definitely get you guys on again and do... We'll mix it up with the guys a little bit. They need some some check. Like, honestly, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, if you guys did an all-guy episode, there wouldn't be enough space we, for we everybody. Did one. No, I mean podcast. Oh, oh, like all of them? All yes. of them? Yeah, there's too so, many guys. Yeah, there wouldn't be enough. You'd have to have them, like, you know, sharing mics. It's okay. Lucas and Justin will share. Well, I feel like the guys in our group are very into sharing. Yes, very much. So, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't. I feel like it oh, wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be. The headsets are where I'm worried about. I don't oh think yeah, they stretch over yeah, two. Yeah, I don't a think a lot of guys in our group have really two. big heads <laughs> <laughs> on their shoulders. Yeah, people. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys again. Is there anything, Kate, in closing that you'd like to say? Yeah, like I, I, if I think about it too much, I get emotional thinking about like. D and every and you know and everybody you know because it's just like we're all so close and we all just do we talk every single day and we always are cool with being around each other and like it's just such an it is a very like emotional thing because i've never had that before in my life yeah we definitely have become a very tight-knit family yes exactly unit. that uh diana anything you want to add to as closing remarks or last call remarks really very similar with kate uh, i know Probably everybody listening plays D&D already, but if anyone out there does not, let this be your sign to get on and play. This is so great for your mental health. This is so great for your day-to-day life. Honestly, it affects every part of your life because it's such a it's such a way to relax and make lifelong friends. But it gives you something to look forward to. Um you know, a lot of us plan vacations and stuff like that. It's nice to have something to look forward to in the short term. A lot of people look forward to holidays and they're into that stuff. But when you have something to do on a biweekly or a weekly basis or even a monthly basis, you'd be like, okay, that one day I get to go mm-hmm. and do something that I don't do every day or I get to escape this, the pressures of everyday life. It just gives you that positive thing to look forward to and be a part of something different. 
That's why I said we need to just do D and D every day. <laughs> we'll just have, you guys can DM. You you'll DM one day, Kate. DM, I mean, DM there's seven players. I literally have days. no idea how, <laughs> hey, but you know, it happens. You know, um, Kennedy. Any closing remarks on on this episode? Um, mostly just uh, take D and D, like make the most of it. Honestly, if you play it then go buck wild. Don't be afraid to do something you've never done before. Like embrace it. And then if you haven't played, come on, like just give it a shot at least. It's find someone that you trust and someone who knows it a bit because it can be daunting at first because like there's so much going on. But it, once you learn it, the, you can go crazy. There's so mm-hmm. much you can do and there's nothing stopping you. James was my emotional support partner for a while, which is Reggie. Because I would, I'd say what I'd show him my uh, character sheet. What should I do? <laughs> Tell me how much I have. And he said, "Actually, Kennedy, you were my fill-in emotional support partner the other day." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many do I add? <laughs> She's here for the story, not not the mechanics, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. Everybody gets their rocks off in their pockets. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, guys, thanks again for being on this episode. I can't wait to to put this together and and we can show the guys how a real podcast sounds. Oh, my gosh. Shots fired. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, and and, and we'll we'll get together and we'll talk more. And we do have sushi night tomorrow, so that's exciting. We're so Um, sad that Kennedy can't be (laughs) there. And Brandon can't be there either. I think Brandon's making that choice on his own, though. Kennedy has a legitimate choice. Brandon's making his choice. Yeah, we we might just need to bully him in the chat a little bit. I'll bully him. Do it. I'm going to bully you, Branches. (laughs) Branches! (laughs) What are you, a fucking tree? (laughs) No, he's Branch from the Trolls movie. No, no. He's never seen the Trolls movie. It's terrible. (laughs) To be fair, neither have I. Never, don't want to. Yeah, it's mm. so good. Yeah, what it's the so fuck's good. wrong with you guys? I'm I watch good. it. I watch it without Rowan. Me too. <laughs> I watch all the cartoons without my kid. It's ridiculous. Mm. And they're like, "Oh, you're watching this? Can I sit there and watch it with you?" No, no, yeah. Is, don't you see that? Like, Stella as long Rose as you be, qu- as long as you're quiet. <laughs> That's not possible for me. I even sing along with the songs. Oh, all the time, every time. Just remember. That if you are consuming Bardic Inspiration while listening to the podcast or going out and hanging out with your D&D group, make sure you consume your Bardic Inspiration responsibly. Yes, be responsible out there. No. <laughs> Wear your glasses. <laughs> yeah. Get your glasses. Yeah, that's most important. You need to get your fucking glasses. Bro. And most importantly, use D&D as, as a tool that's going to let you expand your horizons, hone your skills, introduce you to something new, and most of all, get familiar with the people that you play with because those people that you were introduced to are going to become your friends, no matter how hard you try to fight it. Friends for life, guys. For now. You're stuck with all all of us, Kennedy. Of course, of course. Yeah, right. We're going to your wedding. (laughs) Like literally everyone is invited to my, you know you're invited, right? Uh, I don't know the dates. You guys send me those. October 13th. You're not in the group chat often. So you might not have gotten it. But you're coming and I'll go to the base and tell them. (laughs) (laughs) You literally have to have that day Coming to my wedding. This is like, you could be like my niece, honestly. You're just like a couple years off. That you could be my daughter. Yes, make her roll a (laughs) persuasion. A couple years off. 
Because she's 18. So if I'm 19. 30. 19. Oh, you're 19? Oh, I thought you were 18. Yeah, I guess started early. <laughs> Damn. Jeez. Well, if I, if I was... well, if she was your daughter, no wonder you'd be gay. Because I'd fucking be done with that shit, too. <laughs> no, right? Oh, my God. You could God. be like my niece. You know, and I will come in yeah. as your gay auntie and be like, "So, my name's she can't Karen. come into work today." <laughs> I'm gonna fuck who you got dying. This is not my problem. Well, hopefully, you have enough time that you can actually get it off properly. I'm sure the military oh, yeah, no. is understanding. I uh, I can get it off soon here. Yes, perfect. Try okay, great. Wednesday. I'm not gonna say. I don't want to say the date. Yeah, don't say the date. Everybody's gonna show up like. <laughs> she said I was invited. There's gonna be that. Does anybody interject? And like, you're gonna have fucking thirty thousand people raising their hands. Oh my! We god. all interject. That means the live stream's over. <laughs> oh my god! All right, guys. And on that note, just remember, life is an adventure. Roll with it.